Hey, dear Tyler, good morning. And how are you doing? I hope you're good. I hope you're fine. Happy new week. I hope last week was really good. Um, and I hope September has been treating you well. Uh, for me, it's been it's been a pretty good month. I've seen God come through for me in a lot and in a lot of ways. Uh, for dear Tyler, God has helped us. Um, yes, I, I don't know if you've seen our new logo. So if you haven't seen it, well... We have a new logo. So, yeah, that's that's like a major plus for us. And then again, we still have some other things that we've got um, planned out. So, uh, yeah, I think we're making a lot of progress, right? Which is really, really pretty good. And I don't think I've actually done this before in any Dear Tyler episode. So I'd make it a habit. If this is your first episode of Dear Tyler, if you're you know, just listening for the first time, I'd like to really welcome you. It's an awesome community. You'd really, really love the things that go on here. And um, yeah, please, you know, just stay stay with us on Dear Tyler. Share and, you know, spread the news with other people, right? Uh, there are more details that will come with Dear Tyler, but I really just hope that this episode blesses you, right? So today's episode is titled, Remember Where I Found You. Remember where I found you. And for the past, um, I think for the past couple of months, we've not really been doing series. We're used to doing series, but um, for now, we're just like flinging it. And, you know, as the inspiration comes for topics, we just talk about it. Uh, We just address it. So I think a few weeks ago, I was at a Koinonia service and... um, this it usually happens to me a lot during Koinonia services where somehow I just blank out and it's like the Spirit of God just wants to have a personal class with me quickly. And um, usually it's something that, I mean, it stems from something that happened in service or maybe something that Apostle said or the likes. So for me, um, during that service, I was, you know, reminiscing on quite a lot of things that have um, transpired in my life, how I got to meet the Lord, uh, my encounters with God and everything, and how God actually, you know, started lifting me. Started lifting me. Now, this is a very vulnerable. Um, this is a very vulnerable episode because I am going to share what I considered um, initially. I considered as an attack. But God helped me to see that it was a lapse on my part. So I'm being very vulnerable. I'm, 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 I'm letting us know about my own frailties, right? And like I usually say in every podcast, I, am, I don't have it all figured out, Tyler. I do not have it all figured out. I have my issues. I am probably very problematic. It's very possible that I'm very problematic. Uh, but God's patience just, you know, reveals his love consistently because I'm like, if I were to father me, I would probably be tired of me right now. But, you know, God has shown himself merciful. And I believe that me speaking these things would also be an avenue where we as individuals will also be helped. Right? We as individuals will also be helped. Now, um, when I met the Lord, I'll, I'll probably do a proper episode about my encounters with God and everything. When I met the Lord, um, 
my passion and my desire was always him always him where i could spend hours in the night you know just praying i would literally find like the um the most serene places you know places of solitude and you know spend hours upon hours reading scripture spend hours upon hours praying you know just asking god to reveal himself and you know gradually god started showcasing my person to others you know um growing up i really didn't have all of those things that would um naturally attract people to you so i wasn't I didn't have that physique, that alpha male physique, you know. I wasn't uh, physically attractive. I wasn't even necessarily the most intelligent person in the class, you know. I had academics were like really, really bad. Uh, so there, there wasn't there was there wasn't anything in quote comely about me. And so, but while I pursued God, you know, He started, you know, revealing. Um, all of the deposits of his giftings in me and you know he you know people started noticing me and my guitar journey how it was just a miraculous journey how god just did his things through me my music and you know i remember i'll never forget there was this period where this is how like so in tune to god i was i had a choir rehearsal i was the md of the choir then rcf rather assistant music director in RCF Zaria maybe Zaria and Tajudim Christian Fellowship and we were having rehearsal but it was more of like a prayer meeting and I was going to have administration somewhere so I told them like okay I have my choir meeting we're having prayers when it's time for my administration just call me and once I'm done I need to go back so it was when I was just about to be done um I mean, when it was just about my time to come up, they, somebody reached out to me and said, okay, Binga, it's your time. So I quickly, you know, just moved to the door, climbed the stage. I just ministered to the people, blessed them, and I went back. It had nothing to do with, hey, people are celebrating Binga. People are, you know, ah, Binga is such an awesome this, awesome that, awesome this, awesome that. And um, that was how it was. You know, after ministrations, I was always keen on just running back to the presence of God to find, you know, just to thank him and be like, Lord, thank you for showing yourself strong. But my most important desire right now is to continue that intimate relationship that I had with you, you know, what was going on before I was called to minister. And God kept on lifting me, God kept on lifting me, God kept on lifting me. I think one of the the drawbacks in my life was when ministry happened to me, when you know, I started singing songs, you know, sharing songs, and people were like, oh my God, Binga's songs are so amazing. And the pressure of releasing something new consistently, coming up with something new, something deep, um, trying to show people that, yes, we're growing, we're not in the same place. And, you know, I'll have all of those, I think, for the lack of a better word, spasms of success or spasms of, of glory where things happen, come back, things happen. And so over the years, I kind of like experienced a decline and, and you know, I, I really took out time and I was like, okay, Lord, um, what's going on? What was going on? And God gave me an instruction some years ago, almost five, six years ago. And he said, do this. And, you know, I'd start and stop and start and stop and start and stop. And 
you know, I see as God is lifting a whole lot of people. Like I said, this is a very vulnerable thing for me. And I'm and I'm saying it because I believe that maybe maybe for a lot of us, um, we have we're facing this very, very predicament that I'm speaking on. And I was like, Lord, you see, okay, my my friends, my brothers, you know, they're rising, they're being lifted, you know. I, I'm not um I, I truly do celebrate them. I'm so excited for them. But, Lord, did I do something wrong that I'm not necessarily having all of those growth moments? I remember how back in Zaria, how you made, you know, the speed and everything for me. And so what happened? Why did it dwindle? Did I make a mistake? Was it your plan? Did I move out of your plan and everything? And during one of the, the services in Koinonia, God brought my attention to something and he said, Binga, the plans I have for you, they're of good and not of evil. I had never intended you to have a, a downward trend in your experience with me. And, you know, right there I asked him, okay, so Lord, what is wrong? He now said that I went to search for you in the place where we usually used to meet. And I didn't find you there. And I was like, Lord, I don't understand. And he told me, he said, the reason why you experienced the growth was because there was a place that we consistently met and you always made sure that we met. It still didn't make a lot of sense to me like okay lord like i pray i you know fast i study the word and then he now took me to genesis one or no genesis three yeah genesis three right and you know after adam and eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil he said and the um, you know god came in the cool of the day you know, as it was usual for them to come and meet. And he asked Adam, where are you? Now, a lot of times, in, 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 in many cases, right, the interpretation of that scripture is, where was Adam's spiritual location, right? It's like, I can't see you where I placed you in the realm of the spirit. And that's as an extremely, absolutely valid, valid point, Right? Yet God showed me something. He was like, that at a certain time, at a certain place, I knew I would meet Adam waiting for me. So for the first time, I came and I couldn't find Adam waiting for me. Where was he? Where was he? There was a place where we had our communion. There was a place where we built up our intimacy. There was a place where there was a consistent exchange of my life and his. Right? There was this union that we had. And for the first time, I came. And Adam was not in the place where we usually meet. What happened? Where are you? Because I do not, I do not think that there was... That maybe God was unaware of Adam's spiritual location or something, no. But he came to that place, like, okay, where are you? And then he said, I hid. 
And then he now asked me, the Lord asked me, he said, what do you think Jesus was doing every morning? The, the scripture says that, and Jesus would arise early in the morning and go to a solitary place to pray as it was his custom. That it had become such a place of meeting. It had become so habitual that it was almost like a meeting point for him and God. It was a meeting point for him and God consistently. It was a habit that that was created. Nothing would have changed it. Nothing ever interfered with that time. Nothing. No matter how busy the day was, no matter how stressed he was, there was a particular time he went and he met God. And, you know, it was becoming a lot clearer to me. And then, you know, we have um, the story of David. Now, this one kind of like blew my mind. Uh, when David was about to fight Goliath, what did I say, fight? Yeah. When David was about to fight Goliath, right, he went to the brook and he picked up five stones. I don't think the brook had anything to do with why he picked the stones from there. I really don't think so. He could have found smooth pebbles from any location if he really wanted it. He was about to engage in something. And this is what I believe. I believe he went back to that location where him and God always met and discussed. And that's why he would write in Psalms, right? I think it's 42. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul longs for you. He had spent so much time around the water brooks that it had become his meeting place. And there was no time of the day or there was no day that he did not go back to that place where him and God met, right? where him and God met. And so it was at the water brooks that the strategy came and he picked up five pebbles. Only God knows, or five smooth stones rather. Um, we don't know how many were used, but then the indication from scripture looks like it was only one that was used. Only God knows why he picked five. But it was just an instruction. To, but um, there was a place and he spoke about it. So he's like, um, I've noticed how this deer consistently pants for this water brooks just to be around that vicinity, right? There are many indications to why a deer would want to be at the water brooks. Um, for instance, it, um, water helps um, you to lose your scent, right? So being around water, the, the scent of water itself kind of like overshadows every other scent so you can actually lose your scent in water or weaken the scent. So if you pray, if you're being chased by prayer or something, being in water helps to lose your scent. But just that satisfaction of just being around that water brook because they probably lived in a wilderness and um, being around water is being around, uh, it's an indication of life. And so I believe that the water brooks was David's secret place. When they went to look for Elijah, he was in the mountains. And even when, um, after God had taken up Elijah, what happened was 
the sons of the prophet, you know, told Elijah that they're going to look for him. They searched all the mountains. You understand? Because it was a habit to find Elijah in that place. It was habitual to find Elijah in that place. That you could make a, a physical location um, so strong that it becomes a portal. That's exactly what happened to Jacob, right? The place where he slept. The place where Jacob slept was the place where, I mean, where he slept and, you know, he saw angels ascending and descending. That was the place where Abraham built an altar and dedicated it to the Lord, you know. That's Bethel. And when he was coming back from Laban's house, you know, with his property and everything, going to meet Esau, when he got to Bethel, he asked the family to move on. Because I was like, I can't be in this place and miss my encounter the second time. Now, God now told me, he said, I would always meet you where I first found you. That would be our meeting place. Have you ever seen when couples, you know, talk about, oh, um, this place is so nostalgic because this is the first place that we met and whenever they want to relive certain memories, they go back to that place, you know. There's certain things that they do. You're like, oh my God, he did something so beautiful to me. So he touched me. You know all of those um, nice, nice things that they usually do. And God told me, he said, Binga, I would, I've been waiting for you at the place where we met. Where you carved out a specific time. Now, it doesn't have to be a location because you could be moving. But you know that God honors um, even time set aside. The reason why you were being seen, the reason why you were being honored, the reason why you were growing was because you allowed me to be responsible for your lifting. Along the line, young man, you started trying to be a minister of God. You started trying to be a worship leader. You started trying to be um, a man of the spirit, you know. You started trying to be somebody that moves in the healing anointing. Way back then, you just knew that my presence was the answer. And you would always cover that time no matter what happened. I remember that there were times in my growth level that once it was 10 p.m., like my body would start shaking, literally start shaking. Once it was 10 p.m., my body would start shaking and I would just have to run to a place to pray. Um, but there was no time of the day that I didn't give to God. Um, whether I had an invitation or not, it was... I remember where... I would even have an all-night meeting and after the all-night meeting, maybe we finished by three and I would still go back, you know, and do the needful the things that I did. Apostle, Apostle Salman usually says something. He says that if God, um, if you were on your knees when God lifted you, make sure that when he comes back, he still finds you on your knees because that posture is the only reason why you were being lifted. If you try to assume another posture, it becomes unfamiliar to the relationship that you've had between you and God. You see, this is this is one of the things about growth. You may learn new principles, you may have different encounters, but that posture that God found you in is the posture He desires you to be in. If kneeling down got you lifted, kneeling down will keep on lifting you. 
changing your posture, changing your position is not going to make things better. No matter the things that you learn, that posture is the most important thing. Remember where I found you. So it's very, very important to go back to that place. It does, Like I said, it doesn't have to be a physical location. It's usually some form of a commitment that you had. It could be either, oh, um, a certain time at night or there were certain things that you did. You dedicated one hour in worship or you dedicated two hours in prayer or something. There was a certain watch of the night that you woke up and you just dedicated it to the Lord, you know. I remember back then I would wake up and I would have a one-hour conversation with God consistently. And, you know, it was prayer. It's still prayer and everything. But then, just like I'm having this conversation with you, Tyler, that's exactly how I had the conversations with God. And we would talk and I'd be like, okay, hey, Lord, how was your day? And, and I know it, it seems kind of like very um, spooky, like, uh, Baba, why are you asking God how his day was? But I'm like, no, that's how I learned to relate to God as a person. Like, how was your day? Um, this is how the secrets of the Lord were being shared to me. It was within those periods. In fact, a lot of songs I received in the night always come at a certain time. And God wanted to remind me, he said, Pinga, that there were certain things that we were doing together, that you've left them because you've been trying to pursue growth. If you've really, truly understood me, you'd find out that your growth was always my responsibility. Your, 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 your responsibility was to take the instructions that you received in that place. And to obey. The literal act of lifting was my responsibility. And so yes, even though, like I said, you've understood growth systems, you know, how to to pursue, you know, God more or to learn more from books or searching studies and all of that, there was there was something sacred. Something absolutely sacred. And so he ended it and it was like. Your whole life is a garden. But even in that garden, there is a place. I know you'll always be waiting for me. And I know that anytime you call me, you will be in that place. Anytime I need to see you, I know where to meet you. I think um, something happened. Uh, very funny during rehearsals um, last week and one of our guys just got married and while we're rehearsing and everything he came up and he was like uh, he showed me he said his wife sent him a message it was like hi husband I am missing you and he was just like ah marriage is sweet and everything and so you know just like how we have all of those anticipations right like I'm going to meet this person that I love so dearly with you, this person that I love so dearly. That's the same way God is excited about those meeting times. Now, it's absolutely devastating when he comes over and then he meets, in quote, our absence. Absolutely, absolutely devastating. I can imagine how God feels. It's like, okay, um, hey, B, I was like really waiting for you and I didn't see you. And it's been a day, it's been a week, it's been a month, it's been six months, it's been a year, it's been five years, it's been ten years, it's been twenty years that we last met. I'm still waiting for you at that point. I'm still waiting for you there. 
Remember where God found you, Tyler. I know that we have a whole lot of desires. There are things that we hope to achieve. There are things that we want to do. There are things that we, um, you know, we have planned out, you know, there are prophecies that God has, you know, sent forth on our behalf, you know, telling the nations, I mean, telling us about how we're going to influence the nations and be a blessing, you know, how the giftings that he has given us is going to bless nations, you know, transform cultures, you know, turn around civilizations and everything. Sometimes we get so caught up and then we just run towards the vision and we leave the person that is writing the story. It's important that we always go back to the place where the script is written. And I, and I, and I had to come to the realization that this work, this vision that I have about my destiny had become more of a priority to me than my relationship with the one that was working out this very plan. And that's just the honest truth. I, I desired more to be a known worship leader rather than spending time worshiping the king. I desired more to be known as a person of influence rather than spending time with the one that lifts me. And this is just an honest truth. I desire these things more. I desire these things more. And, you know, I felt like every time when I come over and I begin to ask for the nations, I begin to pray and do certain things. I felt like, God, you know that all of these things that I'm doing is because I want you to be glorified. And he's like, every time, he's like, I want you. Let me be, I'll be very honest. When it comes to my destiny, right? I have literally heard God say one thing for five years. It didn't make sense because back then I had like instructions um, back to back. Like, okay, there was consistent stuff. Hey, because we're doing this. Okay, do this, do this. There's like this progressive thing about my life and everything. But this is me being honest. For the period of five years, whenever I asked Lord, okay, so what's the next move? It was the same instruction he gave me five years ago. And sometimes I felt like, like, okay, what is it? And he was like, I'm not going to tell you any other thing until you heed to that last instruction. No matter how much I press into the things of God, right? No matter. It's still that instruction. And right there on that stage, I was just like, Lord, I repent. Lord, help me because it's pretty hard. The kind of commitment that I had back then, man, it was... But if I truly desire to walk in line with God, if I truly desire to experience the blessings of God, if I truly desire to experience the, the lifting of the Lord then I'll have to heed to those instructions and go back. And it's the same thing for each and every one of us, Tyler. What consecration did you give to the Lord when you first started, when nobody knew you, when nobody sought your attention, when nobody even understood or discerned the gift that you carried, when there was no pressure for you to grow, when there was no pressure for you to show forth um, that God is working in your life, you are not part of anything great per se, and... You know, you were just out looking. What was that consecration that started giving you in cold visibility? Return to that consecration. Return to that place. Return to those disciplines. Lifting may give you the impression like, ah, you have to change things to fit into your schedule. Nope. 
the one that lifted you is going to be the one responsible for keeping you lifted and keeping you in the perpetual state of being lifted you understand so that's it's it's something that we really really need to consider Tyler remember where God found you right that's the instruction for us today remember where God found you remember where God found you so I'm admonishing us right this morning that we turn back you know there's this I think I'll end with this you know in Revelation um, I think the church in Ephesus no it wasn't the church in Ephesus uh, one of the churches though where the Lord was like you've done so many things done so many things but I have this one thing against you he said return back to your first love return back to your first love like I said it could be hard because these were disciplines that were built by passion and there was really no pressure that time now there are a lot of things seeking your attention but then be like poor I count all things as dung compared to the excellency of knowing him. So dear Tyler, remember the place where you used to meet the Father and have all of those intimate times and moments of connect. Go back. Go back. Go back. And stay there. Resume that posture and see how the Lord would consistently lift you. I really, really do hope that this blessed you in some way it blessed me it's blessing me and it's a personal instruction for me and I felt like I, I should share it with us because I believe it's going to help a whole bunch of us right so um, remember please and please if you've not listened to Crystal's story please and please do listen to Crystal's story I did make a request for for some stories there and something that we're going to use at the um it's going to be part of the last month um episode i mean the last day of this month or the last yes the last episode day of this month right we're going to talk about a certain topic right and so it's based on crystal story so if you haven't listened to crystal story please and please do well to share i mean just go listen and then um if you feel led to why not it would be awesome to have you share your own story too right and then remember we've got our social media handles we're on facebook you can check us out at dear tyler we're on instagram you can check us out at dear underscore tyler um and then um we are also at we have our email right um dear tyler at gmail.com you know so you could reach if you want to be part of the community we had a very very fun um, discussion last um, yes last week Tuesday we spoke about some stuff and we're, we're still trying to build on it but it was really fun amazing amazing content amazing amazing contributions right so please um, if you want to be part of the community you could always reach out and then um, we could you know work together just help each other on um, certain things um, so please and please remember to share this with your friends share this with your family um, yeah this is me signing out Right, remember that I love you, I believe in you, and I'm always, always rooting for you. 
Have an awesome day, Tyler. Bye.